in order to achieve the of baseline economic security for all. We must first acknowledge the elephant in the room. We must first acknowledge that we have a problem, or rather a set of problems. As I've researched this book, it, one of the more curious things I've discovered is even in the midst, in the, in the midst of the aftermath of COVID and the 2008 crash, and all of the other telltale signs of stress and strain in our economy, including 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 supply chain issues and shortages of certain things and certain certain products and certain stores, uh, a generalized labor strike that is unofficial and certainly not advertised. However, we see it everywhere we go in our country at this point from the restaurants and cafes we attend to, to the retail outlets that we frequent. And even in the stores that we go into, some of the vendors are unable to deliver product, either at the manufacturing plant, cannot corral sufficient labor, or they can't get drivers. The list goes on and on. The stress and strain to the economy is real. The stress and strain is present. However, more and more often, more often than not, it seems that people are in denial. At least, at least, it seems people are in denial in vast socioeconomic groups. Also. It's become increasingly difficult for most Americans, and by extension, most people in the world, to make ends meet. I want to stay focused on the American case in this, in this work. However, due to the nature of human history and the luck of the draw, it's actually incredibly useful to start with the American case. As the American case and its American middle-class lifestyle basket of goods and services generally encompasses the desires, the hopes, the wants and needs of humanity. Granted, there are regional differences. Granted, there are lifestyle differences and cultural differences. However, the, however, the overwhelming, overwhelming majority of material needs for security, for shelter, for food and water, clothing, transportation, and all the other goods and services that one can possibly think of fit in the schema of the American middle class lifestyle basket of goods and services. In other words, your typical American family budget 
If you list out the line items and you drill into the line items to what's involved producing and rendering those goods and services to market, you will have cast a wide net over what human imagination can possibly conceive or what they think they want and what they think they need. This is one of the blessings of viewing the economic current, current economic dilemma from an American perspective. You're, so, you're born into a culture and an economy that has more than accounted and generated a significant percentage of the things people seem to want. However, this lifestyle is increasingly difficult to maintain and certainly to maintain while maintaining one's health. Due to the increasing economic headwinds, the numbers simply don't work for most families, for most individuals. If you look at labor statistics collected by the government, you'll see that wages have in fact been stagnant. Individual median income in the United States is around $35,000 a year. It costs over $100,000 a year to have an American middle class lifestyle. You know, a house cars, insurance, utilities, clothing, going to do things, buying food, entertainment. That all adds up to well over 100000 And if you're expecting, as many do in our society and our political discourse, if you're expecting people to actually save for their own retirements, so thus generate surplus income in the form of savings, now... The number gets closer to 150,000 per year necessary income. Obviously, we're not going to force all of our employers to pay that. So, what do we do? In addition to the numbers not working, we have a real issue with addition to the numbers not working, we have a real issue with bandwidth and time and being stretched too thin. Increasingly, you're seeing signs of cracking. People just aren't listening anymore. People are unable to, to ferret out truth from fiction. Misinformation is bombarding us all as the blessings of smartphones and the internet in our pockets also often get trumped by the curses of misinformation, propaganda, slanted, vested interest, lies, the whole nine. Part of the inability to sift through this haze of confusion is, is, is due to lack of bandwidth. And there are no solid institutions because government is also become yet another vested interest group. 
In fact, generally speaking, you could say the American situation in the American economy is dominated loosely by vested interest groups that are held by individuals, i.e. capitalism, corporations, however you want to phrase it, or the other side, the left, if you will, big government. They're both vested interest groups. They're unable to be a purveyor of easy, clean interfaces to the public that as individuals go out and seek the knowledge or the callings that they may have, they can always touch base with something that is about as real in terms of trustworthy and as real in terms of the game plan or the script or the or the program about as real as human consciousness can deliver. And I mean that in a cosmic sense. Because what is consciousness, right? Gets weird, doesn't it? But we don't have that today. We have misinformation. We're running rat races as fast as we can to try and keep up, to try and make numbers work that never seem to quite come together. There's always another thing vying for your attention. There's always another thing vying for your money. There's always more debt involved. And we're seeing the cracking because it just can't keep up. The way everything is structured now, it can't pay the wages necessary to support an American middle-class lifestyle. It's just not enough money in the system. The numbers don't work for the owners of capital, for the companies. So what do we do? Step one, acknowledge we have a problem. It seems so simple. It seems like almost a ridiculous thing to state. However, I have found, and it continues to be reaffirmed, that that is actually one of the big problems. Far too many people are either exhausted, beat up by life, or rigid and ossified in their viewpoints to the point where they literally think there's not anything that can either be done or they lack faith that there's a way out and they just don't acknowledge that there's a problem. In fact, you hear these talking points. Well, if people would just work harder or if people would just pull themselves up by their bootstraps or if people would just make better choices. Sure, all of that stuff plays a role. And I'm not advocating total lack of personal responsibility. In fact, I like leaders such as Jocko Willink and his notion of discipline equal freedom. I think that's very important stuff to maintain a perspective about. But I also think there's a backdrop. There's an increasingly difficult economic reality that's 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 difficult to to manage and the fact that people are unwilling to acknowledge that there are economic headwinds and that there are problems and to 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 thus thus put focus and energies into solving those issues is actually one of the big problems you see it manifested in our political arenas people continue to vote for two-party systems in the united states they continue to spout out talking points of either their left or their right, the Democrat, Republican. 
And they continue to inevitably talk about people that simply are not good leaders. They're not good economic leaders for humanity. They're incapable. They're only regenerating what, they've all, what we've always done because that's all anybody knows. It's too scary to go anywhere else and we're all too busy to do it. But if we don't define and try to clarify a vision of the future that we want, how would we ever make it real? If we don't spend the time articulating what it is we want, we, the 99%, the people, humanity, what, we, what do we want out of this deal, this economic deal, then how would we ever do the work that needs to be done to make it real? So we must acknowledge that there's a problem. Continued denial that there's anything to that there's anything wrong here, and these loose visions of some grand past that people think that we need to get back to is actually wasting time, and it's dangerous, and it could lead to things like revolutions or civil wars or worse terrorist acts, just nuisance behavior, that again becomes another further distraction. It becomes an amplified distraction from what we needed to do all along. All along of the species. We needed to have a more empathetic design about how economics will work to create baseline economic security for all humanity. Humans have never done that. There's been a few attempts and works like this have been labeled as utopian la-la land and other folks like for example the communist manifesto they're cited as utopian visions that turned into nightmares but that's not what this is that's not what this book is this book is acknowledging that there's an issue that at the root of all our most human misery has always been economics, people fighting over stuff, people fearing that they're going to not have food or water or or shelter, or people having their land invaded, having their territory inhabited by somebody else, and all the violence and craziness that comes with it. This is all economics. That's what I mean by economics. Economics is what puts food in front of you. Economics is what provides the water that you have to drink to survive, the clean water. That's economics. You don't get clean water unless you create clean water, which in the human world means money. I'm not beholden to any particular vision of money, by the way. But for now, again, time is ticking. We have a, a, a really, we're really well positioned to lay out what we want and to solicit the support of the status quo economy to get there, meaning all the players. The government as it is doesn't need to get bigger. We can, have a, we can declare a high watermark and all breathe a sigh of relief as we realize this isn't going to grow forever. This, this, these deficits don't need to balloon indefinitely. We have a high watermark. Let attrition and people making changes reduce the budgets in all these agencies and reboost, reduce the red tape. Let's be fearless 
as we greenfield, what are we trying to do? Much like I pull out my journal and, and dictate, what am I trying to do today? What am I trying to accomplish? Let's have that approach with some of our governmental agencies. Maybe we, dele- maybe we delegate things to the archive books where front and center is the primary, or the active legislation things, the big things, the things that we actually care about, that we, that we, green, that we greenfielded today or ongoing. And then we have delegated to the back the arrears, the, 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 the more annoying stuff. And we decide in courts and stuff if we even want to fool with some of that stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm thinking out of the box here. It was something to get us out of the morass and this just gross that we're in right now. So with big government, let's get back to big government. Declare a high watermark. Spin up government as a web app experience. Most, most governmental transactions were web apps. And have the government orient themselves along with big industry, be it private or public, to direct their ships, their efforts, their work efforts, towards the newly declared and articulated vision of BES, basic economic security for all. Orienting the status quo, we get there now. That's why it doesn't need to be revolutionary. We're in a unique time. We know what people want. We know what humans want. I'm labeling that the American middle class lifestyle. The American middle class lifestyle, when the numbers work, and the work contract, i.e. less hours, is good. The American middle class lifestyle clearly demonstrates a great starting point for what, what, what is meant by basic economic security. We know what it looks like. We know what it costs. And we know the science and technology. This is the most exciting part. We know the science and technology to render that basket of goods and services to humanity. We know how to do this stuff. And we're just getting started. That's where that historical perspective comes into play. We are just getting started. We haven't even really begun to fully process what it means to have these computers in our pockets. You hear these phrases like Industry 4.0 and the Internet of Things and additive manufacturing and genetic engineering. These are all still really, really new things. Like literally the last 50 years, most of them. So how could we possibly speculate or put our heads in our hands in despair that we can't think ourselves out of this situation? We actually know how to do it already. We just don't have the leadership articulating the vision of what we're all waking up to do every day. And this is not a dictatorial a, a dictatorship or an authoritarianism pitch. This is not saying get up and boss people around all day. This is an acknowledgement that there's a problem. This is a whiteboarding and thinking about what 
we need and want? Where do we want to go from here? We already know the answer, as suggested in this work. That the answer is we want basic economic security, all of us. And we want that to look like an American middle class lifestyle. And not the cheap seats. We all want the nice house, or the nice condominium, or the nice apartment. We all want the nice car. We all want it to be insured, and we want to drive on nice roads. We all like good electricity, and everything's done safely to code, so that no one gets hurt. And we like those workers to work in OSHA or some other regulatory framework so that they don't get hurt installing this stuff. We know we want to eat good food. We want to take care of ourselves. We know we want clean water. We know we want reliable, high-speed internet so we can feed our brains and our curiosities and continue our work moving forward. We know that we want to go travel the world and do vacations. And as we increase baseline economic security here, this country can serve as a beacon of light to all the other nooks and crannies of the world, thus making them safe for travel, making them safe for exploration, making them safe for human bonding that takes place when people interact and see each other, and also in an era of basic economic security for all, you can, you can do the opposite if you so choose. You don't have to do anything. There'll be no shaming. It'll be your choice. As long as it doesn't infringe on the rights of others. Acknowledging there's a problem. Articulating the way out that we already know the answer to. We already know that we want the good life. All of us. The good life is baseline economic security. The good life is the American middle class lifestyle for all. We know how to do it. We have the science and technology because we're already doing it. And we're just getting started. And when we solicit and get buy-in from the big government forces of the left and the big corporation and big capitalism private and private initiative forces of the right, when we get both buy-in to make life better for all, we can, we should, and we must.